Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? It's the seventh episode, seventh Doctor. Last time our views started diverging. Is it going to yes. happen again? It'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, because again, I, I have no idea what you even think of the seventh Doctor. No idea. Don't even know oh. if you watched it. Don't know. Oh, right, well, before I, I say my bit, do you want to say yeah. your bit? Uh, yeah, so so as, as, as we discussed last week, a huge... Colin Baker fan. Uh, he got treated really roughly, so they decided that the, rather than get rid of the production team that wanted to leave and keep the actor that wanted to stay, they would, uh, you know, um, subvert expectations and get rid of the guy that wanted to be there and keep all the people that didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. So they, they replaced Colin Baker with Sylvester McCoy. Now, I knew Sylvester McCoy from The Omen. I don't know whether you, you remember that from Jigsaw. What do you mean, the Omen? So, so in in Jigsaw, the the, the show, there was a, a little skit they did, and it was him and David. It was Sylvester McCoy and David Rappaport, and they played these characters, these superheroes that would spell out words and things. But they they um, got changed in a passport photo booth, so they would both jump in there and then jump out wearing like shorts and masks and that, and they would be the Omen, and that no. was. You don't remember that sort of blimey. Very, very, very vague little bell is ringing. Yeah. Something so when that, you said David Rappaport, that yes. started ringing. But no, yeah. I've got no oh, recollection right. of that. And they, um, so, so the, the papers were sort of uh, they they knew Sylvester McCoy because he had he was a uh, he had a wacky act um, where he used to like stick nails up his nose and put ferrets down his trousers. He was very much a, a, an out there comedian at the time he did um like live stage shows and that with um uh, i can't think of ken i can't think of his name but the, it was his mentor and a very very wacky and surreal and mm-hmm. and sort of show so the i it didn't bode well and then we got his first story which is appalling it's uh um time and the rani and it's it's possibly the worst doctor who story ever um, and so his his whole first season was a bit ropey, and then it started to pick up. Um, and uh, I I didn't at the time I didn't really like Sylvester McCoy. Um, I've grown to appreciate what he was doing more since, and I've met him a few times, and he's an absolutely lovely man. And I just wish they'd let him play it as him because he's far more interesting as himself than he is. As the seventh doctor, you've said this about a number of doctors, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, I think it's I think it's true. It's like it's almost like people see they meet these actors and see this. He's got qualities of the doctor that I want as a production member. Let's get him to act differently. Mm-hmm. It's like why not just let him behave the way that you spotted something in him? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was never a, 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 
a big fan of Sylvester McCoy. It coincided with the that sort of awful time where you would you would start watching this with your family, and <laughs> I I'd started working by now. I was I, I think when Sylvester McCoy was on, I was working at Radio Rental, so everyone knew I was a Doctor Who fan. So also, if it was a terrible story, which invariably it was at this period, um, the next day you would have the piss ripped out yeah. of you at work for watching this. Well, it has to be said, childish nonsense. Um, and then, then they brought in a new script editor called Andrew Cartmel, and this is one of his stories tonight that he was script editing. And he, he was, in some respects, much, much better than, uh, than Eric Sayward. He was a much more competent, even though he was much younger, much more competent at structuring stories and things like that. But he did suffer from a tendency to overcomplicate everything. And... This is the era of fan wank of oh, of is this, it? yeah of the stories being incomprehensible to casual viewers. And again, we I think we mentioned last week that that they totally missed the boat by not aiming the, the show at casual viewers. They aimed it at fans. So you had a a very very small minority of people watching the program that understood it and thought this is this is actually really witty and clever and not just appallingly silly that it looks to everyone else. And then the rest of the uh, the viewing public started switching off in droves. So I think this was the point at which uh, the viewing figures, if it if it reached sort of four million, they thought they were doing well. Mm. You know, bearing in mind they'd they'd axed Colin Baker because he his viewing figures were terrible and he was getting regularly sort of ten million. Mm. So the the end was in sight for the the show. Uh, I can't. I can't hold that against the BBC. I think at this point in its history, it was an unwatchable mess. Mm. Um, there's a few stories that stand out, and, and this one is sort of 50-50 for me. There's some excellent parts, but also we'll get to some, some really terrible parts. But yeah, I I never... I don't know whether it was... I mean, I think it was a combination of everything. I was I was just getting to the point where I was possibly the wrong age to watch it. I was socially embarrassed to watch it. Um, so I, I don't have fond memories of the Sylvester McCoy, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I wrote down, while you were talking then, yeah. three phrases you just said that I yeah. can relate to. One is switching off in droves. Yep. One is unwatchable mess. And the other one is wrong age. Yeah. Right? Now, with me, with a Sylvester McCoy era, as I've said before, you know, State of Decay was my last enjoyable yeah. Doctor Who and I stuck with it because I'd been with it since I I could remember yeah and you were invested weren't you you, you invested were invested and it. and like with Blake's seven fourth season you keep watching because you're hoping there might be a renaissance and they'll yeah. claw it back and it'll become more of the thing that you remember enjoying and loving and I said before with the fifth doctor really wasn't for me I, 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 I've still got an open mind when we yeah. revisit the fifth doctor to see if my views do change on that right sixth doctor loved Colin Baker but you know all the problems I said you know last time you know I still still hold true but after you know what we were talking about last week you know a rapid decline for me it it, it just to me just got worse and worse yeah. i was only coming back for you know the big major stories when you had a major villain or whatever come along and then we have bonnie langford come in we have the appalling 
you know, choice of guest stars comes in. Yeah. And it, it, it was just distancing myself from the show more and more. And then Sylvester McCoy takes over. And the, the reference you just had there, I've got a vague memory of that. But to me, Sylvester McCoy was the vision on guy. Yeah. Pulling the funny faces and doing the not very funny things and popping up un- from under the table on Tiswas. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'd forgotten he was part of the Tiswas crowd. He was part of the Tiswas crowd, doing the very same things you say, you know, dribbling on camera, stuffing live things down his trousers. Yeah. And it's like, that's going to be the doctor. Yeah. And there's Bonnie <laughs> Langford, you know. And so it really wasn't for me. Um, and I tried. I, I, boy, I tried. Um, but also, yeah, wrong age. I think yes. by the time this had all come along, I'd left home. I, you know, was a different person to how I was when I was living, you know, at home and stuff like that. I had other interests on a Saturday night. And, um, but every time I, I tried watching one, it's like, oh, no, 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 this isn't for me. Yeah. And, and, you know, as I say, my, my abiding memory looking back on the McCoy era are... Bad stories, bad production designs, bad guest choices, bad acting, bad plots. And the biggest problem I had with the Seventh Doctor era is the Seventh Doctor. In that, looking back on it, I did not believe for one second that Sylvester McCoy was the Doctor. Because back then, and to some degree now, I don't consider him a good enough actor to be the doctor. I know that's heresy for a lot no, of no, people. No, yeah. I, I, yeah, I imagine a lot of people listening to this are now turning know, off. Giving up, yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I don't I don't think he was an actor. Not right? then. Not then. I mean he's yeah, he's picked up now. I I can I can just remember this era where every time a new story would start you had so much hope. So much hope going into that first episode. And sometimes the first episode in these stories it's like, oh it's it, it it may be picking up, it may be picking up. No, it's failed miserably. Um, yeah, I, I, I always akin it to, and I know it's, I know I, I was at the age where I, you know, I wasn't going out in the streets playing Doctor and that, but I could never imagine a child wanting to be the seventh Doctor. No. Well, I think that's a major thing, isn't it? That it's like you want, you want to be the Doctor, or you want to be with the Doctor, or you, and I, yeah, I, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there that I probably never, ever considered that this was anything other than someone acting in a television program. Mm. Um, there was a, I mean, it wasn't all doom and gloom. It did start to pick up a little bit, but yep. it, was, it was too too late by then. Um, but the trouble is I found as well, it started to pick up a little bit, but it went down an avenue, which I, I, I don't really like. And uh, uh, the new series is sort of started to take this avenue where it's the, the doctor More than actually, a time lord. Yes, yeah, the yeah. doctor is the most important person yep. in the universe. He, yep. Yeah, uh, and it they hint it at it, at it here. It's what they called the Cartmel Master Plan, um, and they hinted at it here, and it became much more prevalent in the the New Adventures books. Yeah, um, but yeah, they're doing it again at the moment, and it's this is this is the antithesis of what I considered the doctor yep. to be. The doctor Agreed. should just be a traveller. You know, he, walking he stumbles stuff. across yeah. something. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially like, I mean, there's, there's a couple of stories that um, uh, Remembrance of the Daleks and Silver Nemesis, where it's exactly the same plot, and it's the the Doctor sets up the bad guys to totally destroy their planet, 
Mm. Like, what the hell? What? This is not what the Doctor should be doing. Oh, no. um, yeah, so so this whole era for me was either at the start of it, the Sylvester McCoy era was childish beyond, beyond belief, and then at the end of it, it was a convoluted, like I say, fan wank mess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't think it, it really appealed to me at all. Weirdly, I can I can watch them now. Well, some of them, some of them, I just can't bear, bring myself to watch. I can watch certain stories now and there's a glimmer of of quality in there um and the production values were okay the, the you know i know they did the budget had been slashed but they the production values were okay but it's all just too pantomime-ish too unbelievable mm. um and i think this this one curse fenwick although it's been bashing the entire sort of era this is one of the better ones from this era and i remember seeing a trailer for this um i was like i say i was actually installing a telly in some guy's house because we're radio <laughs> rentals and the trailer come on and it was like uh, it was the, it was a scene in millington's office and it's the hitler portrait and i thought oh it's a world war ii one. Oh, hmm. they can't screw this up Oh well. well, yeah. Well, let's, we see. Yeah. let's find out. Let's find out. Um, before we talk about it, though, um, you know, it's traditional when we talk about a, a doctor for, for the first time to put that doctor in our list. Yeah. So where does number seven go in your ranking? Uh, he goes seventh in my list at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Yeah. And companion-wise, there's not much to choose from, but I guess I know what you're going to say. Uh. Yeah, it's Ace. I mean, I, I, I didn't find. I don't think I found Bonnie Langford as, as off-putting as you, uh, because she's, she mainly, subdued her normal thing, and I think she's a really good actress as well. But yeah, Ace was, and again, this this was the star, of the modern Who era, where the writers were much more interested in the companion. In the companion, the, yep. The Doctor. Uh, this is this is the start of all that horrendous Rose and. Oh. Uh, you know, we've got that coming yeah. up. Oh, yeah, um, as much as I like Billy Piper, but uh, yeah, I, I when I watch Doctor Who, I want to see Doctor Who. I don't really want to see the, you know, the the companion story unless it's part of this. Yeah, um, but yeah, it it'll, it'll be an interesting one. This I think. All right. Well, it was very interesting what you said just a minute ago about you know you give the first episode a try. Yeah. Um, and then go, oh my god. Um, I always thought that I had watched this, yeah. right? And I don't own it on DVD. I never owned it on video. I can't even remember recording it off the TV. And I thought I had watched it, and it wasn't until it came and I watched it. I remember, all I remember is the shot under the water of the prow yeah. of the Viking ship. Well, that was in all the trailers, so I wonder if you've Ah, so maybe I didn't even yeah. watch the, because I thought maybe I watched the first episode and went, nope. It's not no. for me. Um, I don't know. So, uh, yet again, I've made notes. As oh, I, ex- excellent. We like, I like that. As I watched it. We- right. Weirdly, I, I, think, I thought the first episode was really strong on this, and it, it naughtily dragged me in. <laughs> Do you mean naughtily was... as in being naughty, not naughty, or naughtily as it's set partly at sea? Well, oh, good one, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, both, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's 20,000 fathoms towards the bottom of the barrel. Um, yeah, because I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for the World War II time period. I'm also a sucker for vampires, no pun intended. Um, so I thought, what could go wrong here? 
Yeah. Wrong. It's funny you should mention the word sucker because, yeah. you know, our, our subject today is covered. It's in a them. sucker, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, in more ways than one. Yeah. All right, so uh, I've made notes. All Good. right, so I'll refer to them as we go. Excellent. All right, so so let's get into this. And um, underlined, I've got at the beginning, terrible titles. Oh, the, the opening title sequence, yeah, awful. It's like played on a kazoo, and it's... They they, they wanted to... I, I, I sort of understand they wanted to, like, draw a line under the what was seen as the, the failed Colin Baker era, so they went with a new set of titles, which are, at the time you thought, oh, they looked all right. Now they look horribly dated because they're yeah. CGI. Um, the other the other thing which is the is my least favourite. Are you going to say it? Titles, yeah. Oh no, uh, logo, no. whatever you want to call it. In history. Yeah. Okay, all right, font. I thought you were going to say the fact that Sylvester McCoy winks. Oh yeah, oh, I don't mind that. I mean, oh, I don't like yeah. it. I don't I, like I, it. At I always all. think of uh, the Seventh Doctor as a bit of a winker. So. <laughs> a bit of a winker. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I, yeah, it's again that sets the tone, doesn't it? The campy tone to follow. With really weirdly, um, Sylvester McCoy and, and and the people that made Title Singers, they've got this thing where they said that that all the previous Doctors that appear would wink at camera. And it's like, no, what? no, did you not even bother to? Yeah, so they thought it was a tradition. Oh um, dear! But also, really weirdly, is that that for, to to get the photograph, they painted him silver. Mm. Whereas, whereas, like previously, when they've done that, because of the way they processed it, it looks right. He just looks like he's painted silver in the title. Yep. <laughs> I never. I was, like, I was like, what? What's going on? But yeah, that that um, the logo is just abysmal. It is. Um, it I know is. All, all the merchandise producers hated it because they said it was almost impossible to print without putting a black box behind it. It is terrible. Yeah. I mean, all, all of this is terrible, and and it ex- extends yeah. to when you, you know you got these like Russian commandos yeah. coming ashore in these two dinghies, and that is that the subtitles are yeah. this terribly clumsy early. I don't know what they are. The t- uh, early, subtitles yeah. look terrible. Early BBC Micro. Um, I I've got I've got huge issues with this show. I mean, you, I I have to distance my my. Um, historic loving self with mm-hmm. with this because because none of this is is in any way shape or form uh either accurate or realistic or you know believable um so you have to distance yourself but yeah so so yeah the russians turn up um yep. which is like you know they've got a, a dry ice machine it's all right it's uh, <laughs> they've got a nice bay it's nice again it looks nice it's filmed on location yeah um compare it to you know um like late tom baker era and it looks like the budget's gone up by about 20 times it's mm. they, they spend the money wisely i think and again hats off to jnt he was he knew where to spend the budget as far as having it on on show um but uh yeah it it, it starts off okay it's a bit mysterious isn't it it's like yeah. you're wondering what what are these russians doing I've got a big question mark right at the beginning because when the TARDIS arrives, yes. even after watching all four episodes, it's like, why have they gone there? Does the Doctor know that this is just about to happen? In which case, why is there all this faffing around? He knows that there's a a, a, a jar from the Orient somewhere buried yeah. below the church. So why all this faffing around? Why They haven't stumbled across this. This is one no, of no, these, you know, he, I'm more than a Time Lord thing. Yeah, he's isn't planned it? this. It's... He knows what's going on, um, but th- this again 
the trouble when you've got a, a central character that knows everything and knows what's going on, you then, you either, it, there's no suspense, or you do stuff like this. Yeah, why is he faffing about? Why is he acting like he's just stumbled across it when later on in the suit, in the, the show it's he knows that Flasso, he knows that Fenric is there, he knows yeah. the evil. Um, yeah, it do, doesn't make a lot of sense, to be honest. No, no. And also, when you first see him... Oh, Another thing that I didn't like about the show at this time, the question mark tank top. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I know Sylvester McCoy was against that, yep. and he was overruled, and I wish he had had a bit more, you know, yep. clout to actually, you know, um, have his say, but oh, it, it just looks terrible now. It's, it's interesting that one of the first, um, the first pieces of merchandise for the Seventh Doctor was a child's version of the question mark tank top, and you have to, you have to wonder, was that only done so they could sell versions of it. I, mm. it. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, his. I know a lot of people like his costume. I'm not a great fan of it. I mean, the the the, the jacket's okay. The hat just annoys me. I don't know why. There's something about the hat that just annoys me. I think he looks away in this way. He's wearing a duffel coat. Duffel yes. Coat sort of helps. Um, isn't it? It's weird as well. I mean, the, the Ace isn't in her normal clobber in this one, but it's weird if you watch other episodes how horribly dated Ace's look is. <sighs> See, all right, okay, before we move on, Ace, right? I like Sophie Aldred. Yeah. I yeah. think, you know, she when she's not trying to be emotional, she's yes. a good actor. She's yeah. got a good rapport with Sylvester McCoy. But the whole wicked thing and, you know, the bomber oh, jacket with yeah. all the patches. Yeah, back then in the 80s, that annoyed me. And it still it's annoys me now. now yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, um, yeah the, all, the, all the little catchphrases. I don't mind her calling him Professor. No, I quite like that. And then but she calls so, him yeah. Doctor when she's really yeah. stressed. Yeah, I, I like that. that. That's good. Um, it's like I like in the modern series. I like Graham calling the Doctor Doc and getting mm. away with it. I like that. It's good, um, but yeah, it, I, I agree that Sophie Aldred is a lovely lady and she does really well. She's a good companion, but she's not as hot when it comes to displaying anger or fear. No, and later on, <laughs> yeah. you know, when she finds out that the little baby is called Audrey, yeah. oh, and it's Audrey. like, oh, that, oh, that's my mum's name. I hate it, and yeah. gives her back. And no, yeah. that's that, that's not the best yeah. of acting, is it? No, and when she gets, when she has to, the doctor tries to make her lose faith in him. Oh yes, that's awful. That's yeah, yeah, terrible. yeah. And I don't... it has to be said is the the weirdest seduction scene in history where she tries to tempt the. Uh, that's the uncomfortable. It's bizarre. Because it's, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah. uh, maybe I saw episode one, but the other three I saw like two day, days ago for the first yeah. time. And that is the most unconvincing, yeah. uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's hard to watch. It is. For the wrong reason. It so, is. Yeah. It is. I also don't understand when you first see them, yet yeah, they've gone to great lengths to put her in period costume yeah. in a 40s land girl outfit basically um but she's still carrying the bomber jacket around with yeah her. Well, why i suppose well i suppose it's uh, she's a rebel isn't she all right my next note says yeah. soldiers run right up to them before telling them to halt this yeah. happens a couple of times that you know they don't see the soldiers come in and then suddenly they just come in from the side of the picture yeah Do- doctor who characters always suffered from terrible peripheral vision didn't they so you could you could hide from a dalek in plain sight sort of thing but they, yeah it's, it's especially apparent here because i i think it suffers more because it is on location 
So you've mm. just you've just had a lovely establishing shot of how open this location is, and then you're right. They the soldiers just like step in from off camera, and they say, "Hot," yeah. <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, didn't see you come in there. Didn't see yeah. your hobnail boots here. I'm coming running towards." No, yeah. and my next note says, "Shouty cross Sylvester." Shouting doesn't equal acting. And this is the problem I've got with yeah. Sylvester McCoy. Whenever he, he wants to act while he's doing these early Doctor Whos, he, he furrows his brow, he growls, yeah. and we're meant to believe that that is, you know, serious acting. And I didn't buy it then. I don't buy it now. No, he, uh, he, he mistakes gravitas and authority with raising your voice, mm. uh, which, which is, you know... I, if he'd have done it in a sort of Sergeant Major Williams style of way, possibly yeah. could have bought it. But generally, officers don't shout like sergeants do. So there's two ways you could have done it. You could have done the very quiet officer. Do you know who I am? You might want to. But no, yeah, he does the shouting and it, it doesn't really work. No, no. Next thing I've got is one boat of the commandos have gone, but nobody seems to, you know, be bothered about that. Um, and then it says, Doctor meets Doctor Judson. Yes, yeah. Now, Dinsdale Landon, I've always liked. I don't know what I know him from. There was something in the 70s Piggy he was in. Piggy in the Middle. He was in Piggy that. in the Middle, yeah. that's the one, yeah. I love, yeah, I loved him. He's, he's a lovely, he's got an odious quality to him. Which is he's really odious, good, but yeah. don't you think he would have been a good Doctor? I think he would have been, yeah. I think he would have been a really nice anti-hero doctor. Yeah. yeah. And I've I've got then, Sylvester is better when not shouting, and I like yeah. the rapport between him and Ace. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the strengths of this era, is that, that the you get the feeling that the Doctor and Ace are actual friends. It, it very much reminds me of Fraser Hines, Patrick Troughton, that, that because the two actors are friends, it comes yeah. across, you get a, a, yeah, you get a real nice sort of feeling that, that you know, there's more happening outside of scenes than scenes. They're not. Yeah, that, that's a big strength for the era. Um, I, yeah, I think I think um, Doctor Judson, I think Denzel Anson is brilliant in this. He's really good. He's what him him and um, Commander Millington are the two strengths of this this story. I think. Do you think Commander Millington? I thought he yeah, was I, a bit yeah. a bit lost in it. He he, he seemed kind of like confused as to how he should be acting um i i don't know i've always I, i've always liked um the actor uh he's been in a few he was in a few war films and that so perhaps i was a little bit biased but yeah i, I can see what you mean i mean there's a whole backstory about uh about how um that they they used to be him and uh, uh Dinsdale, used Dinsdale, <laughs> Dinsdale. Dinsdale. You were thinking Monty, you were thinking was, Monty, yeah. Spiny Norman, Spiny isn't it? Norman, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so him and Dinsdale, or the character Doctor Judson, they used to be lovers at school, and then mm. uh, he he was the one that caused the accident in a in a rugby match or a football match. Um, so, so there's, but but again, it's one of those things where if they've been working together all this time since school, and wouldn't would he still be feeling? Would he still be showing guilt? Would he still no, be feeling guilt? No, not after this time. So. No, no, no. no. Um, next thing, underlined, Nicholas Parsons. Yes. Yeah, good old Nicholas Parsons. I think people forget he was an actor before he was a, a, a mainstay game show host. Um, he's actually, he's all right in this. I he's don't think really he's, good. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's really good. He's playing it well. I mean, 
there's, there's, I mean, poor fellow, I mean, he died recently, didn't he? But there's a, on the making of, on the new Blu-ray box set, so they went back and, and filmed a, 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 a set visit. You know, they went back to the location and Nicholas Parsons was there to surprise him. And he just looks absolutely frail. It's horrendous. Oh, like, it, it pulls you straight out and you just think, oh, they shouldn't have wheeled him to that bloody location. Oh, um, but yeah, he's, he's really good. And he was, I think he was the surprise of this because the papers were very much full of, uh oh, Nicholas Parsons. A bit like when they had Ken Dodd in it. It's like, yeah. oh, Nicholas Parsons in Doctor Who. Oh, it'll be funny. He's actually he's really good. He's super super serious, and he he's got the gravitas to pull it off. See, I I can remember thinking like the papers, thinking, oh yeah. no, yeah. we've had Ken Dodd, we've had Hale and Pace. If that was before this, you know, and um, oh no, oh, no. after this, unfortunately. Oh, they after this, yeah. you know, and it's like oh no, and I think it was yeah. one of the things that was put me off because, you know, for my generation, for your generation, yeah. um, you know, sale of the century and yeah. just a and minute, just a minute, yep. It, but, it's really yeah, it's weird that J and T. A lot of people use use Nicholas Pass and say, look, J and T did get it right occasionally, but there, I don't think there was it wasn't gotten right with any skill i think jnt had no more clue whether nicholas parsons would work mm. than beryl reed would work or yeah. Helen pace would work or ken dodd would work um so i think he just lucked out that that he is an actor and he was an actor before he started sort of doing the game shows and that um he was a really good actor actually he was in all the, um jerry anderson stuff wasn't he he was um, yeah. yeah um so he he is one of the strengths and it's really nice you know, a, a, a vicar that, that is questioning his faith because of the horrors of war. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a, a really meaty. Yeah, good some story of this was that. more intelligent than I um, yes. thought it would have been, you know. Um, you know, and, um, you know, one of the things is this church is a cursed place because it's been yeah. built on Viking graves. Yeah, very Quatermassy, isn't it? That? Very Quatermassy, yeah. but very accurate because I know, you know, because one of my things is, you know, is history and Celtic history. And I know that when Christianity came to Britain, one of the things you did was if you're going to build a church, yeah, you, you build, build it yeah. over a sacred site that, you know, the Druids or the Celtic, the Celts found, you know, yeah. sacred, because you're you are supplanting, you are oppressing the old religion with the new religion. Yeah, and I thought exactly. that was very neat. Yeah, yeah, it's very very clever. There's lots of really clever stuff going on. This there's possibly too many clever things going on. There's enough there's enough um, interesting plot points here to do about four stories, and it does, especially towards the end, it gets so rammed full of all these references. Mm. Um, but yeah, so so far with with it's really intriguing. We've had some good acting so yeah at this point i'm thinking when i'm first watching it i'm thinking oh it's it's finally we finally got some good doctor who again yeah but you say good acting because but straight after that we got the evacuee girls oh awful and suddenly suddenly it swings the other way doesn't it it's like oh good lord yeah these two are unbelievable on the grange hill in fact that's an insult to grange hill it's below grange hill yeah totally yeah. oh my goodness they are so bad yeah so so bad and that's a problem coming up because they're going to be become villains yes. aren't they you know and just here as humans they're terrible yes um, yeah and, i mean yeah you think they're bad now wait till they become vampires oh with, good lord with, with comedy cracker finger extensions oh, right yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. When, when we they... get to that, everyone. To be fair, everyone's terrible as a vampire in this bloody thing. That is the, true. The yeah, easiest, yeah. the easiest villain to play 
and they're and you're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they want her to go to Maiden's Point. They want yes. Ace to meet them at Maiden's Point, um, another cursed place. And through this story, there are just so many happenstance things that it is yeah. incredible that you have these Russian commandos come ashore and nobody seems to notice them. And it's like, well, where have they gone then? They're, I know they're somewhere in yeah. the sand dunes somewhere. She goes to Maiden's Point and she and the Doctor somehow just stumble across that, you, you, you know, the, uh, the, the folder, the yeah. Russian folder, which we've already seen a Russian open up and look at a picture of Dinsdale. But he seems to have just dropped it straight after. Yeah. Well, um, this is this story. All these coincidences in this story are the equivalent of Star Wars saying well, it's the Force. It's Fenric, isn't it? Fenric's, yes. Fenric's instrument in all of this to bring all of the the threads together for his chess match. <laughs> his chess match. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And shortly after that, the Doctor meets the Vicar. Yes. And his grandfather had already translated the runes. Yeah, this, he, this, this is a really weird aspect to this era of stories where everyone, um, as soon as the Doctor meets them, everyone's just happy to spill their entire history. Mm-hmm. Everyone's an exposition dump. Yep. Yeah, yep. which is, I think this, this sort of shows, because um, like I say, I, I quite like uh, what Andrew Cartmel was doing, but he was, he was very young, and I think in, he's not, as, Eric Saywood was better at dialogue than... than uh, Cartmel is, I think. Um, yeah, it's ev- everyone immediately tells the Doctor exactly what he needs to know. What I don't understand yeah. is, you know, the Vicar says to the Doctor, my father translated the runes. Yeah. Doctor Judson in the army base next door is trying to translate the runes, yeah. but the Vicar hasn't thought to say to Doctor Judson, I've got a translation already. Yeah. Hmm. I suppose that's, that's Doctor Judson not doing his homework, isn't it? It's... Yeah. But these translated runes say the Vikings yep. were bringing treasure back from the Orient, yep. and they were being followed. Something wanted to get hold of what they had stolen. They want to get it back. Yeah, it, this is this is where the plot starts to even this early in it, the plot starts to get a bit muddled, um, because we later find out that the, the treasure is the flask that contains Fenric. Yeah, um, and that the people chasing him which inspired the Dracula novel, are the Hemovos. I'm not entirely sure how they inspired Dracula. But there we go. Um, oh, we'll talk about that yeah, when we reach it. Yeah. Um, but then we find out that the, the, the Hemovors are actually creatures from the future that have been brought back by Fenric. And Fenric's doing a lot, considering he's trapped in a bottle. Yes. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah, the Doctor didn't, didn't think that one through. Um, it, at the end of the day, it's all a load of nonsense, isn't it? But... But yeah, even at this point, I remember when I was watching it thinking, all right, how are all these th- plot threads going to come together? I don't understand because you've still got the Russians on yep. the beach. Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah, they're still... Yeah, they're still on the beach. They find one of the dead Russians, Yeah, you know, and um, but nobody seems to have noticed any of this. Uh, the soldiers are just there. We see a claw, don't we, under the water? Yes. And that looks all right. I mean, you know, it's good makeup, uh, except you can see the folds in the in the rubber glove, and you can see air bubbles coming out of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, f- I forgive them stuff like just seeing an underwater shot in Doctor Who is is big stuff. You know, you've got to remember that the last water effect we had was Peter Davison falling into it in Warriors of the Deep. So oh, when yeah. you see what, yeah, because because Doctor Who and water and fire don't go together as we 
or we know. So this this was really I am this was like oh my god this is such high production value. Um, of course, all, all it means is that underwater cameras became affordable enough to rent. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it means. But yeah. it looks good. But again, what? So what? What are the hemovores just doing waiting under the water? That's my question. Have they been there all yeah. this time? Well, I, you get that feeling that they're meant to have been because when they come ashore, they're like lots and lots of different period costumes. So you get the feeling that every time, some somehow just offshore, all these boats sank. Yeah, uh, and they're just waiting down there. Mm. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't really bear a lot of thinking about. Nor does the fact there's a secret laboratory under the yes. church. Yeah. Or. or yeah, it's easy to build secret laboratories under existing uh, old buildings like that, isn't it? Yeah, you this know, is my head. Knowing. Yeah, this is my head scratching moment. Not yeah. only that, but what is <coughs> the what? Can you tell me because you've seen this more yeah. than I have? The green goop that yeah. they're getting out of the wall that is going that they are going to weaponize. Yes. Where is that green goop coming well, that, from? That's the that's the chemical sludge that destroys the planet it came back from the future with the hemovores or the lead hemovore i don't know quite know how it got under the church mm. um but yeah that's the the doctor says that's the the whole planet at one point is just covered in that stuff and it right. destroys humanity so fenric who is in a jar in a flask yeah in a flask summons the ancient one yep from far in the future yep. back along with a shitload of this goop yep a lot of snot yeah under the church. Yep. All right. Okay. Then somehow, either the goop... I mean, it's like it's like Prometheus, isn't it? We're trying to work out what the goop's doing. That somehow, either the goop is creating the hemovores, or the ancient one is creating the hemovores that are all stuck under the water, doing bugger all, waiting for this day, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I bought the novel of this, because it was a bit confused, and, and people said, oh, Wait till Mark Platt writes the novelization. It'll all make sense. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Okay. All right. Um, Judson has built a computer. Yes. Yeah. But it's a trap, isn't it? Because they want the Russians to steal the computer because hidden inside the computer is a flask of this goop, which is going to explode and release when someone deciphers the word love. Yeah. So, so at this point... With with hind with the benefit of hindsight and revisionist uh, history, at this point in the story that we know that the Russians are going to turn out to be the the next big enemy once Nazism's destroyed, which has a certain basis in truth, but much later in the war. Um, so they've set up this sort of version of the Enigma machine and let the mm-hmm. Russians. Uh, know about it so the russians and and because they're sneaky russians of course not to be trusted they've come ashore to steal the the enigma machine but then yeah uh millington's put a flask of goop in it that will explode when the code word love because he doesn't believe that the russian or that the, the word love would ever be in a war dispatch yeah um very yeah again so overly complicated and this is on top of all the other Fenric stuff yes. the average audience member at this point I mean I was but the average audience member that like, like watches or watched Doctor Who because it was a bit of a laugh and 
the kids enjoy. Must be sat there going, what the hell is going on? I think I was. I yeah. think that's why I turned off, you know. Um, because there are more head-scratching moments. You've got the, those two terrible evacuees go yes. down to the beach and run into the water, and you have a Russian soldier there who yeah. just happens to be there. They don't even seem to notice him. Yeah, and, and he doesn't... Yeah, he's not seems to be making any effort to hide himself or anything. Nope, and they uh, run yeah. right past him, go in the water, they have their moment with the mist and the water's getting warm, and then they disappear, and presumably he's still standing there because when they've been transformed and turned into these hemophores and they come out with their terrible fingernails, yeah. he's still standing there. Yeah. Well, the, these, these Russian soldiers are quite um, lax, aren't they? They're not exactly a crack commando unit. No. Um, they're, they're the sort of people that, that in, try and invade a country dressed as Russian soldiers. Um. <laughs> yes, this is true. Uh, these terrible, you know, evacuees, they yes. go off and they, they, they kill the old bat, yes. don't they? Yeah. The, the, the old lady in the house. Um, in a horrendously embarrassing scene. Again, very bad. They can't, I mean, how can you not play a vampire in a scary way? They can. It's the finger wiggling, isn't it? It's like they they act more like people that have just had their nails done and can't really touch anything. It's I just had so I had this written down for later on, but there is a lot of finger acting yes, in yeah. this film, and I was trying to compare it because you know the premise of this with this liquid goo that is evil, blah blah blah, reminded me an awful lot of John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Yeah. Right. But can you imagine Prince of Darkness being filmed where all the bad guys in it are just doing finger acting, yeah. where you, you just Alice, hold your hands Alice up? Alice Cooper just Alice Cooper his wiggling his fingers up in front of his face. It's yeah. terrible. It is bad. It is bad. Yeah. And we have Nicholas Parsons versus the evacuees, yeah. um, which he calls vampires. Yeah. Um, and he, it turns out he's got no faith. I like this. He's got no faith because of the British bombing of German cities. Yes. Hmm. Which is, again, a little bit of a revisionist version of events. Um, I, I dare, you know, there would have been a few um, sort of conscientious objectors or people that yeah. didn't approve, but the vast majority of the population, A, didn't really know what was going on as far as the bombing campaign and that but those bits that were released they would have cheered that on because the germans had been bombing shit out of us yeah for four years yeah um, true, true yeah it's again this very much uh it's sort of 1980s left-wing revisionist history yeah you know yeah. where every everyone in world war one was there against their wishes and it was donkeys led by uh so uh you know Lions led by Duncan. It, it it really annoys me, but this is this is what the uh, the eighties were like. Unfortunately, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, looking back on it. Yeah. We're looking up, back on it. At this point, that's when all the hemovores rise up yes. out of the sea, trying um, to do a sea devils. Yeah, trying to do a sea devils. Um, I I like the masks. The costumes make no sense to me because no. you know you've got some like you know Elizabethan costumes. They would have rotted away. Yeah. Yeah, it would have. They they could have got away with this by like a line saying that that. I mean, actually, no, you couldn't. You can't get away with it. I was going to say you could have had something like where the ancient Hemovore brings them back from different time periods, but they've been created because they're people that have died near the goo that he yeah. brought with him when he was first bought 
to, oh, it don't make sense. Yeah, it would have all rotted away. I, I do wish because this was all, this was all done sort of by the designers that, but the original designs weren't meant to be these pucker-faced uh, no. people in period dress. They were meant to be very leech-like and very leech-like, you know, like, yeah. like like the almost like the creatures in um, Descent. It, yes. It, yeah, it, which I think would have been much, so much better because you wouldn't then raise the uh, slightly slightly funny scene where they're raising out the water trying desperately not to <laughs> not to bob up and down yeah yeah um we get an info dump from nicholas next we do, um yeah. he he says that vampires this is where dracula came yeah. ashore so we're in uh, whitby presumably but we're not <laughs> but we're not in whitby it's maiden's yeah. point yeah right um it never it's never expressly um you know uh, told where you are, except for this is where Dracula came ashore. Yeah. No, it's not. I've I've seen him behind the scenes in the original script. It's Northumberland, yeah. which is fair enough. That's the north coast of uh, yeah. northeast coast of England. It's where the Vikings yeah. came ashore and did tons of you know pillaging. You know that makes sense. But Maiden's Point, just call it Whitby. Yeah, I think unless in the Doctor Who universe, um, Bram Stoker bumped into the Doctor and the Doctor told him a story and in the Doctor Who universe in Dracula he comes ashore at Maiden's Point. I don't oh, know. maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But the Doctor, you know, yeah. disputes that. They're not vampires, they're haemovores. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they're actually what mankind will evolve into. Yeah. Yeah, with that, they're our ultimate final form. Yeah, and we find out there that the Doctor has been there. He's been yeah. that far into the future. He sees what mankind will become. Yes. Um, we've got Hemovores stumbling after the Russians, and yeah, it is like a, an early zombie film, isn't it? Yes. They just shamble along. Yeah, this it reminds me very much of uh, this whole sequence with the church attack. That reminds me very much of um, the Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. Yeah, um, very, very similar. I mean, I like it. It's a good. I love films like that, and I like the sequence. Um, but yeah, it's um, it would have been so much better if it had been at night. Yeah, I've seen somewhere mm. that it was meant to be filmed at yeah. night, but the legit, logic, logically, yeah. that's the word. Yeah. They couldn't do it. Yes, it costs too much. Yeah, it costs too much. Yes, yeah. And um, when we talk about Sylvester McCoy's Doctor, yeah. I'm, I've, I've termed a phrase right, which puts me off of him, and it's the Tiswas moment, right? right. And we have a Tiswas moment, this crap comedy, where when they're searching for the Oriental item, he drops something on his foot yeah, and, and does a comedy jump up and down. That's a Tiswas moment to me. Yeah, that this, didn't need to be in there. Yeah, and apparently that was, uns- say, that yeah, was unscripted by Sylvester McCoy. Yeah, it's like, Sylvester, no, don't do it. This is very much Sylvester's uh, bet noir, isn't it? This is, this is his... It used to be his act was all this sort of stuff. The 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 pure slapstick um and it's yeah it, it it just jars you out of any any realism that might be building up and he does it in so many of his stories there'll yeah. be there'll be that sylvester moment and i imagine they they sort of he, he, that's obviously his you know his shtick that he likes and they've put it into you know probably you know keep him happy or but it just it, it ruins any sense of, it takes you out yeah, of it yeah. we didn't mention it but earlier when he first meets you know the girl with the baby he does his, his little bird chime yeah. thing you know which is another Sylvester yeah. shtick isn't yeah, it yeah a, a regular thing and I, I sort of you, you can sort of forgive that because some people do do that to babies don't they yeah. but, 
but yeah he it's like when he does the the hat rolls and the the tricks with the umbrella and it, and it's like no i know don't like that's it. what i didn't like that's what yeah. put me off the show you know um Next, we've got the attack on the church yes. and all these moments where you see the hemovores, you know, framed in windows. They just remind me so much of that awful children in need thing. You know, the EastEnders oh, Doctor right. Who yes. thing where you've just got villains just yeah. at the window trying to be menacing and they're yeah. not. You know, well, this, this again is the, uh, the drawback that you can only afford to put extras in these things and extras are not actors. No, usually. that's true. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think. Uh, two of the child hemophores, Sylvester McCoy's kids, in it, who were there on the day on the set. Uh, yeah, pe- body language is is key to a monster, and these look exactly like what they are. Because I I think as well, I'm sure there's I've read like a fanzine somewhere where some Doctor Who fans went along and they were dressed up as hemophores as well. Um, so it's not even that these were extras; some of these were just people. Right. And by golly, it shows, doesn't it? It does, yeah. it does. And after that, we've got this really odd moment when, you know, they're all like, you know, coming in towards yeah. the Doctor. And you have this bird whistle, shrill type thing while Sylvester McCoy is talking. And they're yeah. all repelled by it and they yeah. go away. Do yeah. you know the background to that? Yeah, well, it's, it, it's, it's the old idea that, that vampires are not repelled by the cross. They're repelled by the faith that you have yep. in the cross. So Sylvester McCoy, he's reciting all the companion names. Yep, um, exactly right. And it's his faith in the companion. I imagine um, he, was in, he was in mortal danger when he got to Harry Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> his faith's gone! Kill him! Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's a nice, it's a nice idea. It's, it works quite well. Do you think um, that's fan wank, though? Uh, no, I'm, I'm all right with that, because it's so subtle. I think... Your average viewer's not really going to know it, but I suppose what they needed to do was to explain afterwards what what was working, really. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm, no, I'm I'm okay with that. It's 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 sailing dangerously close to to fan wank, but I think I'll give it a pass on that one. I think someone in production though thought it was fan wank because yeah. that's why you get this stupid shrill yes. noise yeah. over the top of it it makes no sense no because because i could understand that i mean i don't know why but i can understand that that they're repelled by pure faith but why does pure faith make a trilling noise yes <laughs> perhaps perhaps we've never had faith in anything that's why it could be that yes yeah. the next thing i've written is same bloody music as in the dalek one now, I'm yeah. referring to this overbearing, in-your-face music that's not appropriate to the scene whatsoever, yeah, which, is, um, which Ayres, we get in the Dalek one. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, 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 not my favourite composer. I mean, he makes Dudley Simpson seem uh, subdued. Yes, yeah. and sublime. Yes. He makes Carey Blyton look yes. subdued. <laughs> Next thing I've put is, the evil is in the flask. Yep. He knows that, so why not hide it immediately? Yeah. I, yeah, hmm. I, I don't know. Again, it's this. It's meant to be that the Doctor's got this grand plan for finally defeating these villains. Hmm. Um, but it would be much easier, yeah, just in, embed it in concrete. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And that's when, you know, um, episode three ends. You, you know, it builds to this crescendo. Everyone thinks it's Millington, who, who is the bad yes. guy, because he's got a swastika in his office and yeah. everything like this, you know. But I think that's quite a moment, uh, a nice moment, when Dinsdale actually yeah. stands up, it's... because we've seen him yeah. in a wheelchair. He says, I'm not an invalid, I'm a cripple, you know, all yeah. the way through, you know, and he stands up and he says that, you know, we play the game again. Time Lord. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I think that's one of the best episode endings for a, for a Doctor Who story. I think it's really good. Not let alone a Sylvester McQueen. It's just a shame that there weren't more of these moments. But yeah, I, again, it's chilling. I think I, I love the eye effects. I think that works really well. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it the, the, there's a reason they include that in a lot of the documentaries and that because it it works. Yeah. Yeah, and um, apparently they fought 17 centuries before. Yeah. They had this chess match 17 centuries before. Yeah. So who? Which doctor do you think it was? Hartnell. I can't. I can't really picture any of the other doctors stopping for a quick chess match. Well, later on we find out that he carves chess pieces yeah. out of wood. Yeah. So, Carvest. so can you imagine waiting for that to happen? Fenric allows him to go yeah. off and carve chess yeah. pieces. Hmm. Can you imagine Hartnell sat there whittling away? Hmm. I'll get him. I'll get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it mate. This is this is this is the the annoyance of that I find with a lot of um, the writing in this area and era. And I th- I don't know whether it's um, uh, Matt Platt or whether it's uh, uh, Andrew Cartmel what's doing, but it's 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 the sort of writing you would expect from a first year philosophy student. That's mm. taken up writing. It's it's stupidity. It's verbose nonsense. Yeah, the yeah. The, the idea that that the doctor yeah carves these pieces out of wood. And they set up a chess match, and Fenric is so obsessed with this chess match that yeah, what what is going yeah. on? No, it's nonsense. Yeah. It's nonsense. Um, but Fenric also asks for the. Nonsense. Yeah, pretentious nonsense. Asks the um, the ancient one yeah. to to rise up. This is when it becomes very Cthulhu. Yeah, to me. He, yeah. He, I quite like the design of the ancient one. I think he's all right. He does bugger all when he turns up though. Well, we've got to talk about that when we do the rating oh, bit, right. don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, and that's when uh, Judson or Fenric yeah. eulogizes the sound of dying. When it comes to death, quantity is so much more satisfying than quality. The final battle... Don't interrupt me when I'm eulogizing. Where is the Time Lord? Time Lord? For 17 centuries, I was trapped in the shadow dimensions because of him. He pulled bones from the desert sands and carved them into chess pieces. He challenged me to solve his puzzle. I failed. Now I shall see him kneel before me before I let him die and I do like the way that he says don't interrupt me when I'm eulogising yeah. to, to Millington and, yeah. and that's when we find out yeah 17 centuries ago the doctor challenged him to a game of chess and Fenric lost yeah mm. yeah that's all that scene is for basically yeah I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced by a villain that, that if he loses at chess I mean I I thought I remember 
thinking at the time they they could have tied this into like the celestial toy maker or something because he had he had the trilogic yeah. game, didn't he? To something like that, and I I don't know whether that's something they were going for, but didn't you know didn't want to include or something. I just don't I don't buy this. It's, it this is very mythical. Yeah, and Doctor Who doesn't really do myths well. No, no, no. Um. The Great One, then. Let's yes. talk about The Great One, because that's when Judson meets The Great One. I, I mean, I think he looks good, but yeah. I think the blue colour scheme is a big mistake. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I don't know why they're blue. Um, well, apparently they didn't want to um, go along the cliché of green. But I think if he had been green and slimy, yeah. you know, an icky green sliminess, I think that would have worked. I think, you know, the, um, you know, the art department of Pirates of the Caribbean, you know... Especially yeah, the second one. Yeah. You know, this is that right. this is that's that. That, yeah, that, that they have copied it, haven't yeah, they? It's um Davy Jones. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about the blinking eyes. It's what you were saying about, yeah. you know, the old Terry Leptil, you know. Yeah. Um it's early stage animatronics. Yeah, and those not... blinking eyes, they don't yeah. work right, do they? No, no, it doesn't it doesn't work at all. I, yeah, thinking on the colour, they could have gone with more of a bioluminescence sort of thing because everything is implying that these are underwater creatures, and even though it makes no sense for the the ancient one, he's not really. I don't know why he's an underwater creature unless unless the whole surface of the planet is under that slime. Well, it's all sewage and pollution. Yeah. He should be a giant turd monster. Yeah, that would he? be good. Yeah, he could be like Mister Hanky. <laughs> yes, Mister Hanky. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, again, do you get the feeling that, that a lot of these disparate elements weren't together at the start of this and this has all been cobbled? I, this is what it feels like to me, that this whole story feels like a, uh, a, lot of, a lot of things that have been added in without much thought. It, it feels like a jigsaw of... Um, well, a lot of, of it, if you think of it, it doesn't make sense because, you know, Judson, he goes to see the Doctor yeah. and he challenges the Doctor to solve the puzzle. You know, they're yeah. going to have one last game. And that's when the Doctor explains to, you know, the Ancient One that Fenric has brought him back in time to destroy the Earth's water, water which would destroy his future. Yeah, but that's not true. Yeah. yeah, but the Ancient One lives in a time far in the future where the Earth is so foul of pollution. Yeah. That's how the Hemovores came about. So, actually, that's the creation, the starting of the Hemovores creation, isn't it? That's not stopping it. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it might bring it a bit quicker. I mean, yeah, it doesn't. it doesn't make a lot of sense. Again, it's sort of... I think there's too many storylines going on here. Um, they just needed a way for the the uh, ancient one to turn on Fenric, and it that's all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, yep. if if the future is that awful, and the ancient one as is as such a terrible life, wouldn't he want it to not happen? Well, this is the thing because we've got two things going yeah. on here. We've got you know Fenric instrumental in creating the Earth, which will bring about the Hemovores. And the ancient one, and we've also got Fenric, which is who is setting about events, which means that Ace helps her grandmother get her mother yeah. to oh God, London. I'd even forgotten about that. That's another bloody plot contrivance. It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. But the weakest point is this chess battle that you know um, Fenric has to beat the Doctor at this chess yeah. battle, and they go to all these lengths of bringing in a chessboard, 
and he still can't solve it 17 centuries later. He still yeah. can't solve well, this there, puzzle. I mean, there is, a, there is a reason he can't solve it, isn't it? Because the solution is a load of old bollocks. Bollocks. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine like, um, uh, you've got Kasparov where, you know, versus that computer that was in it, and then the computer wins by joining forces with Kasparov. Hang on, no, 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 that's not no. how the game works. Sorry, start yeah. again. It's, it's like- absolute rubbish. I like the way you and I, in unison, said bollocks. Then. Bollocks, yeah. When I when yeah. I combine these tracks, they're going to be absolutely one on top of the other. Yeah. Uh, other the word bollocks. Yeah. And yes. This, this is again the 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 sort of the the mid to late eighties sort of thawing of the Cold War, where it was start revisionists were starting to see that actually the the Russians were actually the really good guys. No, they weren't. They were as shitty as the Nazis. Um, mm-hmm. Don't don't be eulogising the bloody Russians like that. Um, yeah, and, and this thing of of Ace sort of joins with the uh, with the uh, the Russians falls out and come, she's got a communist badge and things like that. And it's it's I mean, it's I I, just, I hated it in the eighties and I hate it now. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. idolisation of communism, <sighs> man, just man, as bad man. as fascism, anyism. Yeah. Yep, Fucked and also, <laughs> and also the twist that was there right at the start when A says, yes. "Oh, that was my mother's name," yeah. you know, is finally yeah. revealed. I, I, I'm, I'm supposed, I'm, I'm supposed to think that's a big jaw drop moment. Yeah, yeah, you're meant to like, go, "Oh my god!" It would be better if it hadn't been his mother, and the doctor would have said, "What are you on about? That would, what a coincidence that would be, you stupid woman." Yeah, yeah, oh, I, okay. I, 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 I mean, also the. Um, the woman that is holding the baby and it can't act either. She's awful. No. Um, it was again this um, shoehorning in of the 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 Ace trilogy. So Ace was meant to have this this mm. arc, and she was meant to be really important. And again, proto Rose and proto Clara. Um, it's a shame that New Who has drawn so much on this era of Doctor yeah. Who rather than earlier eras. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a great shame. I think it's finally getting back to sort of being better, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Yeah. After that, we've got the big bluff of the Doctor yeah, to try and make, yeah. um, you know, uh, Ace lose faith in him. And again, Sylvester McCoy, love him, but he can't do anger. No, no. no. Not then. I mean, no. he's a he much better actor really, now. really good now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've got this stupid scene where the Ancient One, the Great One, you know, takes Fenric, walks him into that chamber, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, And and, and then, you know, everything's over. Happy ending. Um, And we've got Sophie. Fenric was a spirit. So why has the destruction of the body he's inhabiting got rid of it? Yeah, he'll just go somewhere else. Hmm. Don't get it. I did not think about that. Yeah. Also, but it's a happy ending then, yeah. isn't it? But also, the, the the ancient one is, he's so upset at him never be, never existing and his future never existing, but he's quite happy to off himself. Yes. No, no, Lucky. no, no. This, this is a very well thought of story, this isn't, isn't it? Yeah, this is, this is a fan favourite. Um, mm. there's, there's a few... I mean, I'm not... We, we, we've, we've been a little bit tongue in cheek and running it down, and you know, but there's there's a few good scenes in it, and it looks good, but there's absolutely no substance to it. And the minute, and this is true of the whole era, the minute you start to analyse it, yep, it absolutely yep. falls apart. Yep, and that's unfortunately that's what we do that's on what our we podcast. Do. Yes, that's what, yes. what. it's. Um, 
I would much rather, and it's nothing to do. I would much rather watch anything from season twenty-two mm. than any of any of these. The oh, only right. one, the only one I sort of like, but even that, absolutely, again, descends into arrant nonsense. Is um, uh, Remembrance of the Daleks? Oh, I'm looking forward yeah. to that one. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's mainly because it's got the Daleks in it. But again, the story in that absolutely does not make any oh. sense whatsoever. Well, that's to come. That's yeah. to come. All right, so, okay, behind the scenes. Now, you are far, far more knowledgeable than me on this era of Doctor Who. Right? I don't know, it's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, let's find out, shall we? Because the first thing I found out, and I can't see how this makes any sense, is that the writer, Ian Briggs, yeah. originally suggested a 1970s setting. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, for some reason I thought it was Mark Platt. It's not, is it? It's Ian Briggs. Apologies hmm. to Mark Platt. If you listen, which I doubt. I doubt, yes. How can it be the 1970s if the backdrop is the Russians stealing a machine to well, you take... Could, yeah, you could you could have done it that it's a, uh, a modern <coughs> or modernish Russian unit and it's it, during the height of the Cold War and they've come across to oh, steal a, a new computer type thing for the, the nuclear launch codes. Yeah, you could have, you could have written it. It would have been right. just as stupid. Yeah, okay. All right, there are many references in this story to Ragnarok, you know, yes, the end of the yeah. world, the Viking end of the world. Yeah, they but had to was... take it out. <laughs> Why did they take it out? Because, like, three stories before, they had the gods of Ragnarok in the um, uh, the one set in the funfair, the Psychic Circus. How was it Which called? is called... Come oh, on, Ian. God. You know this more than me. Hold on. Uh, the Greatest Show in the Galaxy. There you go. Oh, there you go. God, that's an awful story. I, that's again, the point. I, I don't know if up. I've seen it. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen that one. Really? That's that's the point, watching that, that I almost didn't come back to who. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Maiden's Point, yes. this place, Maiden's Point, was a reference to Ace's virginity. Yes. Yeah, it's, this, it's like the Maiden Head, isn't it? It's... Well, yeah. Maidstone, you know, yeah. the nearest you know, our county town here in Kent, you know, Maidstone. It's the it's the stone where the maid goes, you know, to be married, and then she's not a maid anymore. Yes, yeah, yeah because you like to have a special stone for that. For for it, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, can you get a hotel? There is a hotel in uh, Maidstone. Yes, uh, yeah. Apparently, the evacuees in the original script said, ha, 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 "We can't go there." Because we're not maidens anymore, yeah. you know? Yes. Slags. Slags. Exactly, <laughs> slags. Um, yeah, this was intended to be the opening to uh, the season. Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, Ace tells, you know, her grandmother about her fear of haunted houses. Yeah, Because that was going to foreshadow later, yeah. ghost light, wasn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also, you know, that it was meant to be a big moment when, you know, uh, the the doctor takes off his duffel coat to reveal his darker Dark jacket. Coat. I mean, that, that sort of sums up this era, doesn't it? The, the revelation that the doctor might change his coat to a dark one was considered a huge plot point revelation. <laughs> it does sum it up, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dr. Judson was based yeah. on Alan Turing. Yes. Uh, the Enigma guy. Yeah. Yes. And Although Ian he, Briggs... He wasn't wheelchair-bound and um, possessed by a, a, an ancient evil. He wasn't, but he was gay, and Ian Briggs originally wanted Judson to be gay. Well, yeah, because um, in, in the novel, Judson and... Uh, Middleton. 
Middleton. What, no, what's his name? Judson. Judson and Millington. Millington, Millington sorry. Yeah. yeah. I was going, Middleton? That's like, we're terrible old people, aren't we? Um, yeah. yeah, in the book, they're both gay. You might say they were lovers. Oh, are they? Yeah. They both are gay. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, I don't know. Well, I, I, don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert on gay matters, but would, would you you'd need them both to be gay if they were lovers? Wouldn't you? I don't know. It's like, it's a, I don't know. It's a wacky <laughs> world. Any, any of our listeners <laughs> can, can let us know. Here's a topic I didn't think we'd be talking about tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but apparently, yeah, Ian still, uh, John Nathan Turner said, no, you can't have that. You can't have that in this show. So so this uh, struggle, you know, with homosexuality was changed into a struggle with him being a cripple. That's why he's in a wheelchair. I I mean, it's good that I think times have changed for the better, that now you could, you know, you could have that. In fact, most Doctor Who stories do... um, do have uh, non-binary characters in now. I think that's good. Yeah. 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 I like the fact that, you know, that the, it's a red herring, isn't it? That Judson yes. is in a wheelchair and a humpback. Yeah. Apparently, that was Dinsdale Landon's uh, choice to have a humpback. That wasn't in the original I, script. But he I, said, I've got to have a humpback as I, well. I had a hunch you'd say that. Oh, well, very good. Yeah, very good. Very good. Um, yeah, I thought... Yeah, I, I, love, I think he's a good, ca- he's good characterization. He's, he's I think he's excellent in it. And a, a, he would have been a great doctor. I think I, he would. I, I still say, yeah. What about Nicholas Parsons? Would he have made a good doctor? Uh, no, absolutely not. No. Far too nice. Yeah. The granny's favourite, as they say. They would have loved him. They would have, yes. The Silver Rinse Brigade would have been, the, that would have been new uh, fandom, wouldn't it? As long as you don't put Doctor Who on when they're off to bingo, you'd have been all right. Or yeah. too late at night. Or too late, <laughs> after seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the Hemavores was played by Cy Town. Do you know who Cy Town is? Cy Town, he, wasn't he? Is he, um, he was in uh, Evil of the Daleks, is that? He's been in a lot yeah. of stuff. Shall I tell you what he's been in? Go on. Yeah. Right. He had already appeared in Doomwatch. Yep. Okay. Moonbase 3. He goes way up in my estimation because he's one of the uh, handyman, you know, workers in the Confuser Cat scene oh, from Monty yeah, Python. Yeah. He's one of the guys in the uh, the overalls yeah. putting the things out to confuse a cat. Um, he was a mess steward in Dad's Army right. in the uh, in in the episode We Know Our Onions. Um, he w- get this. He was a Federation trooper in Blake. Oh. The very last ever we Blake 7 episode. Blake we should have covered him. And I've got a list now of who he played in Doctor Who. Oh, Are you ready? Yeah. So he was a technician in the Silurians. Right. He was a medical orderly in Mind of Evil. Right. He was an extra in Invasion of the Dinosaurs and Invisible Enemy. He was a Vogon in Revenge of the Cyberman. He was a brother in the Mask of Man. I can never say that's the one. He was a guard in the Sunmakers. He was a passerby in Attack of the Cyberman. And he was Harold the Fifth's brother in Happiness Patrol. Wow. Right? Oh, no, I've got one more thing. He was a Dalek operator, like you say. He was a Dalek operator in Frontier in Space, Planet of the Daleks, Death to the Daleks, and Genesis of the Daleks. Not quite as early as I thought, but yeah, I mean... He must have been a really nice fellow because he kept getting jobs on yes. the BBC. Always very yeah. reliable or cheap. Yeah. Possibly all on. Yes. 
as I say, this story I I I I don't think I ever watched. Right. So when I started doing behind the scenes, this is all new to me. Right. right. And it hadn't occurred to me, even when I was watching it, that it is all filmed on location. Yeah. yeah. There's no studio work whatsoever. No, the, the so sets when you see set in, up in those buildings. In those buildings, yes. Now, the beach scenes were filmed at Lulworth Cove in Dorset, you right? Yep, about Yay. three years ago. No idea we were there at a Doctor <laughs> Who location. Were, were right. you a virgin before you dived in? No, 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 not at all. Okay. And the reason they went to Lulworth Cove in Dorset is the fact that originally it was going to be filmed at Hastings. Yeah. Right? But the Hastings water was too murky to film in. Oh, and right. I can attest to that, yeah. to that because I've been in the water in Hastings and it is like swimming through, you know, oxtail soup. It mm. is hideously polluted. Right? So I can totally believe that they chose not to go there. Lulworth Cove, I have been to, and I saw in my researches that that is one of the coldest waters on these shores because not only do you have the seawater, but you have an estuary. The river comes out at exactly that point. So you have cold water coming off from the land. You have cold water in the sea. And so those evacuees, as terrible as they were acting, full props to them. Yeah, full And and Sophie Aldred to dive into it at the end. In in the the new documentary on the the Blu-ray box set, there's a a lovely sequence where they find the original uh, footage of her diving in. And so the the stuntman that was working on it, he, he died... Uh, not doing it, but he died afterwards. Right. <coughs> and and so this is the first time that Sophie Owens has seen this footage, and she she really breaks up when she sees him doing it. But uh, it looks absolutely suicidal, what they got her to do. I can't imagine how they ever got away with it, her diving in like that. Cause it, I, know, yeah. I know she had to time it, so yeah. she had to wait until the wave came in before she could dive yep. in, because yeah. the, the stunt arrangers were saying the water's not come in far enough. You've yeah. got to wait it, another hour or it's so. Really, it's so scary. I mean, I'm not, I don't like the sea anyway. I don't like water particularly. But So the, 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 the water's out, and then you watch it come in, and there's just enough, and then it immediately goes out. And, it just, yeah. and they're saying, you've got, you got to go at this point. Got, and she dives in, and then minute, like not even minutes, but seconds later... The water's gone out. It's like yeah. terrifying. How they got away with it? Yeah, Fair, full credit to her. Yeah, absolutely. Off. Yeah. The next big surprise for me when I was doing behind the scenes was looking into where they filmed the church. Oh, right. right. And when you look into it on IMDb, it, it says that it's filmed at the Moor in right. Kent. Right. Moor spent spell M O O R. Right. Not, not. It's not named after you. Not named after me, yeah. but. Of course, M O O R is a moor. It's a swampy yeah. piece of land, isn't it? You know, and I know near us here in Kent there is a Shirley Moor, right? Which is hilarious to me because that's my sister's name. Oh, right. I bet and she I keep, had uh, the mick taken out of her. I keep trying to get her to go down there so I can take a photo of Shirley Moor on Shirley Moor. Yeah. All right. So it's like the moor. There's no placing. <laughs> I've never heard of a place called the Moor in Kent, yeah. so I googled it, and the Moor is actually a district of a village called Hawkehurst, yeah. right? Which is about 20 minutes away from me, oh. right? And I never knew that. I never knew so that. You could have had a nice Sunday out to that church. Well, I look at it when I was watching it before I did the research because I do. I, I watch it before I do the research. Yeah. I was looking at it, and it's like that looks like Goudhurst. 
church right which is a very big blocky church you know very squat and blocky and and that you know and it's like that can't be Goudhurst because Goudhurst is by a very very busy road you know it's one of the main roads through the Weald and it's like no they wouldn't have filmed there and I didn't think anything of it right and then I saw behind the scenes filmed at the moor right so I type it in and it's in Hawkehurst which is the next village across right um which is about, as I say, 20 minutes away from us, right? And yeah. it's like, bloody hell, that's at Hawkehurst. <laughs> so this morning, we went there. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we were going to go yesterday, but yesterday was a lovely sunny day, right? Yeah. Today has been pretty shitty. Heme of with all ho- weather, yeah. Heme of all weather. So I said to my wife, can you come down to Hawkehurst with me? It would be really good to have a photo taken by that flat roof, yeah. right? So that's what we did. So when this episode comes out on How Facebook, amazing. I'll put a photo. Because apparently the script said that in this church, I mean, Ace says at the beginning, it doesn't look like a church. It's, yeah. it's more like a fortress sort of thing. And they are very short and squat. Yeah. But the script also said that there was going to be this fight between Ace and the Hemovores on a flat roof. And apparently a flat roof is a hard thing to find on a church, yeah. right? So... They put a message in back in, you know, 88, 89. They put a message in all the Kent local newspapers. Does anybody know of a church that's got a flat roof? And a local historian said, oh, yeah, Hawkehurst has got one. So that's why they chose that one, because it's got the flat roof. And we went there this morning, absolutely 100% unchanged. Yeah. You know, we came back and we watched that battle um, where... Sophie shows her stockings. Um, it's exactly the same, completely unchanged. Did you wear right. your stockings? No, I had my Russian helmet on. Howard, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, talking about helmets and costumes, Ken True was given the job yeah. of uh, doing the costumes. They had very, very little money to work with. Oh, what a surprise! Yeah. So they dug um, costumes out from you know the BBC department. Um, including, and they gave a lot of them nicknames, right? You've got in there, that lot that comes out the water, an Edwardian sailor, right, who they nicknamed Popeye, Um, a maid, a Navy sailor, two Vikings, which they nicknamed Grace Brothers, Uh, a Victorian woman, who they nicknamed Mrs. Bridges, and a flapper, 1920s flapper, who they uh, nicknamed Mary Quant. So are, th- are these all meant to be people that have either committed suicide or died there? Or, or fallen overboard yeah. or, or, or crashed. And again, I, I, I don't understand how come their, their outfits no. haven't rotted, you know. Anyway, um, well, the Russian... That, that, you've just explained it, haven't it? They've put them in these things because that's what they had. Yeah. It's shorthand, isn't it? Yeah. It shows to you very quickly these people have come out of the water from a very long yeah. time ago, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the Russian soldiers... Uh, their costumes came from the costume department, and they had been made for Crime and Punishment, which was yeah. made 10 years before, okay? And then, um, you know, the captain, Captain Sorin, he had a leather coat, which was a Danish Navy coat. Yeah, okay, nice, leather jacket. nice leather jacket. Yes, yeah. And that was bought from the Army and Navy surplus store at Silverman's yeah. in yeah. the old Kent Oh, Road. Silverman's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the duffel coat that you said at the beginning, yes. that was actually given to to Sylvester McCoy to keep him warm, yeah. but then he decided to keep it on during filming. And I think it really fits. It does. A it duffel really coat fits it, yeah. with, that, with that era, yeah. 
Um, the Ancient One was designed by Ken True. Yeah. Um, and built by Robert Alsop. And it, again, in the original script, this doesn't come across so well in what we saw, but the Ancient One pieced his body together from things he found off the seabed. So he's meant to be made out of like crab shells and bits of flotsam and jetsam that were under there, you know, uh, bits of old ship fittings and stuff like that. No, he just comes across yeah. very suckery, doesn't he? Yeah, I th- it would have been good if they'd have... I mean, that, that sounds like a really good idea. They could have handled that a bit better. Yeah. It just, everything yeah. looks a little bit latexy, doesn't it? Very rubbery, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other hemovores were done by Sue Moore and yes. Stephen Mansfold. And originally, like you say, they were going to be almost like a, a, a Del Toro horror film. Yeah. They were like white a with a leech. Yeah. yeah, yeah, one one singular leech-like yeah. mouth at the front. I think that was vetoed because that would have been too disturbing. Because yeah. again, I'll put it on Facebook. There's there's an image of them, and bloody hell, they look scary. Yeah, I think I think it was a mistake. They they because the viewing figures weren't great. And I, th- I think they probably could have got away with being a lot more scarier than than if the viewing figures were huge and that and everyone's eyes are on Doctor Who. Mm. And I, yeah, I think it. I mean, I understand why they did. They didn't want it too scary, but it was a missed opportunity, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, another design choice was their faces were were going to resemble the Viking ship prowls. Yeah. Somehow, I don't know how they don't they would do that. that. Yeah. No, and their nails were meant to be uh, metal, but um, John Nathan Turner said that's too close to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. We're not having that, so that's why you get that terrible finger acting. It's just awful. Yeah, um, I like this bit. Um, Molds were taken of lentil seeds yes, to yeah. add detail, uh, and but they were they would germinate in yeah. the wet clay and and produce tendrils. Yeah, which is good. I think it's in that. So it's sort of uh, nature helping out there, really. Yeah, yeah. Do you know about the room with the racks of bombs? You know where they're weaponising this goop? What, the vac-formed racks the of v- bombs? Yeah. Exactly, they are vac-formed. Yeah, it looks you can awful. See it's, it's vac-formed plastic. That was nicknamed the Nipple Factory <laughs> during production, yes. Um, the f- This is the very first story of uh, Sylvester McCoy's era to be released on video. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, and it's the very first one to be released in an expanded form. Yes. Yeah, it's had multiple versions over the years, isn't it? See, I don't know. All I've watched is the original transmission yeah. one. Uh, that's all the time I've had to do. Is it? Is it better to watch the um, longer no, version? No, I, I, I mean, there's a, there's some extra scenes in it, and they edit into a, a movie-length version. So, But I, I don't think it changes it enough that you would say one version is better than the other. I, th- I think you're not really losing anything by not watching the extended version. Okay. All right. Other media. There is an Eagle Moss figure. Do you have it? No, I don't have that one. I don't think I've seen that one, actually. I like it. I've I, yeah. I've seen it, and um, if I repainted it yeah. to uh, green, I'd like it yeah. even more. I saw the photo uh, of the board. Harking oh, back to our first episode, the Eagle yeah. Moss figure. It looks brilliant. I'm going to get that. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Um, in other media as well, um, it's in a book called Goth Opera. Do yes. you know Goth I, Opera? I, I, did, I have actually read it. I couldn't tell you what it's about. But I, when, when the new adventures started coming out, I was very much into buying them and reading them. And um, a lot of them are not very good, to be honest. Right. 
Well, it fills in the blanks. It, it, it states that the, uh, they evolved in 500,000 AD Ooh. after the planet was ruined by pollution. It wasn't a, um, it wasn't a Paul Cornell book, was it? It might have been. I bought them. It, it's yeah. funny. I, I, I bought a load of them when there was no other Doctor Who. Yeah. And I can remember reading them, but I don't remember any of them. No, I, don't. I can remember Terence Dix's first one, where, or second one, where he meets Hitler. Um, right. But I can't remember any of the others, other than the fact that they they were advertisements too broad and deep for the small screen. And it's mm. like, oh dear. <laughs> Yeah, there were. Yeah, you're losing sight of the fact of the appeal of yes. the show, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, and there's a comic called "The Wolves of Winter," something to do with ice warriors, hemovores, the twelfth Doctor, and Bill Potts. That sounds like a bit of a fish stew of things. Yeah, yeah, it's not ringing any bells. It's not no. making me I, I vaguely, go, oh, I'll I, buy that. Yeah, I vaguely re- recognise the title, so I might have seen it advertised somewhere as a graphic novel or something. Right, right. Um, and in the book, yep. apparently the book of The Curse of Fenric, that's when you find out that uh, um, this Maiden's Point thing, the story was told to Bram Stoker, who then incorporated it into his book. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a while since I'm alright. I think it's actually one of the ones I, I kept. I think I've got it somewhere. And it also movie. says that um um in nineteen forty three a squadron of Soviet soldiers were sent into Nazi controlled Romania. All but one man was killed by hemovores, though he was mentally scarred by the experience. Captain Sorin, who we saw yeah. see here, was sent in with a rescue team, though they were only able to find the one survivor. Yeah. That so that's a backstory to, to this one. That sounds like a better story, to be honest. Um, mm. you, it reminds me, do you remember the 2000 AD strip where the uh, the, the vampires were helping the Romanians? Fiends of the Eastern Front. Oh, right. Yeah, you remember, you remember that. That's what that reminds me of. That was brilliant. I Fiends of the Eastern story, Front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Carlos Esqueria, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And apparently in the books Cat's Cradle times Crucible and yeah. Cat's Cradle Witchmark... Uh, the Doctor and Ace both uh, reference hemovores. Oh. Hmm. That is. I don't think okay. I'll bother reading them. No, I, no. I don't think I'll ever go back to any of those no. books. No. There's certain All things right. you know that in your lifetime you're not going to revisit. And that's... Yeah, that's them. <laughs> yeah, that's them. Yeah. All right, so uh, next bit then is design rating. Yeah. Now, what I thought... I've sprung this on you, Ian. Sorry okay. about this, that's but... Right. Um, Hemovores, the box standard hemovores, yep. and the ancient one. Oh, you can do it separately, yeah. Yes, makes yeah. Sense, yeah. So if we if we go with just the regular hemovores, we'll have to say there's different stages of hemovores, yeah, isn't there? They're, and they're all different. It's not like the sea devils where it's it's all one. So I suppose we'll get if we do it as a an overall based yes. on all of them as an average. I mean, I really I like the hemovore design. Um, I think I think it's really well done. Uh, I'd, I'd, I think on the, the normal one, I'd probably go six and a half. Six and a half? Yeah. Okay. Uh, hang on, I'm tapping away. Okay, I've got a result. Um, I gave it seven. Yep. And I think, I mean, I really like all the suckers and all yeah. the details and stuff like that, but it's the blue that bothers me. If it had been green, I yep. mean, you know, if you look at the, uh, you know, the concept art for yeah. them when they're like 
yellows and greens. If only we knew someone that was really good at Photoshop that could recolor one green for us. But does such a person exist? I, d- I doubt it. That would be, it'd be a miracle, that wouldn't it? We can but dream. Yes. All right. Okay. And what about the ancient one? Uh, the ancient one, I think he's a, a really good designer. I do like him. He's, his blinking is weird, so I'll give you that. But I, I would go up to uh, a seven and a half. I'll give him an extra point. Man. All right. I'm tapping away. I wonder who they did first. I know, I know the ancient one, they, there were two heads, weren't right. there? There was yeah. the solid rubber one that went under the water, yes. and, and then you had the animatronic, animatronic one. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, that e- equals uh, 7.25, because I just right. gave it a, 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 a 7. Right. Um, again, the blue bothers me, yeah, and, and the blinking. Weird, yeah. it be, I the, mean, would, these scores would be higher if they'd have done the original uh, Leech people, wouldn't they? Oh, I reckon that... They were creepy. Yeah, really creepy. They? Oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a few different sort of drawings and stuff up there. You'll have to try and get them and put them on the Facebook page. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So what that means is the uh, the regular bog standard yeah. hemovores are between the uh, web yeti yep. and seal, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Yeah. And. We have a third place now because the ancient one is between the Axon monster and the Vord. I think that's right. okay as well, yeah. I think that's a good yeah. place for Yeah, but what about the effectiveness of right. them, though? Yeah, this is where it has to drop a bit because, yeah. because, like you say, the colour and the fact that... I don't know whether it is the colour that makes it look so obviously latex and rubber. It doesn't... It doesn't. You have, You don't. You should get the feeling that this is putrefying skin, and you know. Yeah. And it doesn't. It just looks. It looks like Halloween mask. You know, when you see it moving. Um, so for the for the norm, I think actually for the normal and the the ancient one, I I would say five. Okay. Five. Each. Well, well, for both of mine each, yeah. I've given four. Right. All right, so that's a four and a half for each. Right, let me just tap this in. Sorry about this, folks. 4.5 plus 6.75 equals 11.25 divided by 2 equals (laughs) 5.63, which puts him um, between... This is the regular one. Yep. Puts him between the Web Yeti and the Vord. Yep, that's that's okay. Right. Yep. Five point six three, and then four point five plus seven point two five divided by two equals five point nine. Right, which just puts him above that. Right. Okay. So the two hemophores are are together with the ancient one just above the just, regular just one. Just pipping him slightly. Yeah. But they've both been beaten by yep. the Web Yeti, Seal, the Axon Monster, and the K1 Robot. I think that's fair. All right. Okay. Right. Next bit we do is Earth Date. Yes. Well, this is 1943, is it, or two? They, they it is date, 1943. Yeah. Two. The original script says May 1943 yeah. in Northumberland. All I right. would say it looks really cold from May, but yeah, Northumberland. <laughs> Pretty much cold all year round. It's fascinating to watch. I mean, they they, they they filmed it this time of year. They filmed yeah. it April, you know, down here Peeing in Kent down. and Dorset. And, yeah, one day they would have snow, they would have rain, and they would have sunshine. 
um, it created such a problem for continuity that uh, it would start snowing and when they went to do the next bit of filming they had to get the hoses out and wash the snow away. See, all they had to do was say that weird weather conditions brought about by Fenwick. Didn't they learn that from, yeah. you know, Claws of Axos? Exactly. Yes, yeah. All right, well, before we go, we have a shout-out. Oh, very good. Okay. From our old friend from our Blake Seven days, Mickey Rat. Ah, Mickey the Rat. Mickey the good Space old Rat. Mickey Rat, our T-shirt supplier yes. as well, isn't he? Yes, yeah. So, this is what Mickey Rat says. So, uh, thank you, Mickey Rat, before I say this. Um, one of the more entertaining Who casts out there doesn't take itself too seriously. Sure. Well, no, we don't, do we? <laughs> And can surprise regularly because of this. Fresh from the second calendar, Eric and Ian are back with their own peculiar brand of waffle on all things Who, taking in a new doctor each time and an, av- ad- and an ad- adversary they faced. So if you like your facts sometimes checked, and mostly on the back of napkins, and listening to two old mates gassing lyrical about everyone's favourite Time Lords, this is the show for you. It slims you, it cleans you, and it may even keep you from getting busted. Highly recommended. What a lovely chat, uh, what a lovely um, comment there. Yes. Oh, thank you, Mickey. Thank you very much, yeah. Mickey. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yes. Um, I, I, you know, and I, I think I'm quite happy that we're peculiar. <laughs> We are peculiar, yes, yeah, 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 and we're odd, and and that's the whole um, point of this, yes, yes, yeah. So thank you very much, Mickey, really nice of you. Yeah, all right, well, it's time to go. Um, It's getting very late for you and me, we're old, aren't we? Yeah, we're old, it's past our bedtime. Past our bedtime, so uh, before we go, um, we've got to announce what we're going to talk about next time. Yeah, it's a weird weird one, isn't it, because it's meant to be the Eighth Doctor. It's meant to be the Eighth Doctor, because, but... You know, the Eighth Doctor, you know, his adversary is the Master. Yeah, which we will you know? be covering at some point. We're going to be covering at length yeah. the, the different incarnations of the, of the Master. So good old Master Eric will uh, be discussed then. Yeah. So we've, we're going to skip over to number nine, okay? We're going over to New Who and number nine. You don't know this now, no, do you? No, I, d- I thought we were doing a special, to be fair. But, oh, okay. no, it's, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I I am I am choosing it yeah. and it's my turn and I am going with dun 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 the empty child. Oh, excellent. Two We're sticking with yeah. World War Two and going with the empty yeah. child. All right. I've not seen that. I've I've watched it a couple of times, but not in a good. God, it could be ten years. I have not seen it really? since transmission because it's i mean one of my favorite characters ever captain jack harkness um is introduced in it it's is it? world war yeah yes yeah it's his first story it's world war ii uh yep. it's it i remember it being really scary a great you know a good great doctor performance from chris trackless oh it's a good one that this is a two-part though you realize that doesn't matter because right. it is now on netflix so okay. from yeah. from now onwards via Netflix and, you know, uh, the iPlayer and stuff yeah. like this, I don't have to now order off, the, off of Amazon now. Yeah. So I'm all right. Okay. This, this will be really interesting because I've not, I've not watched any of Christopher Eccleston's in, like I say, a good 10 years or more. Well, the reason I've gone for The Empty Child is the image yeah. of The Empty Child has stuck with me all these times, nearly 20 years on. Yeah. I know it was 20 years ago. Or so, is it twenty years yeah, ago? No, it's not. No. 
2005, 15 years, 15 years ago. ago. Yeah. So yeah, it's somewhere around about 15 years ago, and I have not seen it for 15 years. And the reason I've chosen it is when I think about, you know, the Ninth Doctor. Um, I remember the Dalek one. Yeah. And I remember an awful lot of the negativity of the Ninth Doctor. Um, but the image that sticks to mind is Victor Meldrew and the empty child okay Victor Meldrew in a gas mask in a gas mask yes <laughs> haunt your nightmares yeah yeah all right so yes oh, good. uh yeah good choice, right, so good choice. That, okay all right well to be continued with uh, the ninth doctor all right brilliant or right. should i say fantastic oh, fantastic you've got to be grinning as you yeah. say it yeah okay <laughs> all right see you then then ian nice one thanks then, all right right bye-bye bye bye bye